It's the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. I've got Rob Lauder today on episode 112. We're going to talk about how to put together a photography team. Let's do it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. This is episode 112. Megan and I are here, and we're talking about photography. I have a a Canon 80D that I love. And Megan, do you have a, you have a nice camera? I am a Nikon girl through and through. I only have though a Nikon D like 3100 that my grandpa gave me. Okay. Do you know how to use it at all? (laughs) I do. Yeah. I actually, I mean, I took photography classes in college. I worked for a wedding photographer, um, out of college, like a, like a really snazzy, fancy and magazine wedding photographer. Um, but yeah, I love photography. It's fantastic. I'm learning it's new fun. things about you. No, oh. well, now I just mostly use my iPhone because I can just take it with me everywhere. Yeah, and it still takes really great pictures. I would like to use the DSLR for are great for church and like in service where you have really low lighting and you can't get natural lighting. Yeah, but but Rob has some really great things to say about that. He does. I'm so glad to have him on the show today. Um, my wife is a photographer, and so I've learned a lot from her. She uses Canon. Uh, I think she has a Mark IV. Canon Mark You're a Canon family. We kind of are. That says I mean, a lot about you. I bought an ADD because I'm like, hey, I can get some lenses from from Kara, and so I have. She gave me a 24 millimeter and a another one. I don't know what they are. I don't do numbers. So I just I, can't I, get the navigating of a Canon. Like it just. I think once you learn one or the other, yeah. it's hard to. Well, it's kind of like Adobe, one you didn't learn. Adobe products like for Premiere versus Final Cut. I, I learned on Premiere to edit video. And when I went into Final Cut, I was like, this makes no sense. But everybody who does Final Cut is like, Final Cut's the best. It's so easy. And I'm like, dude, it feels so clunky. And then they say the same thing about Premiere. It's kind of how you learn. Um, yep. You know, and photography is a weird thing. You know, like, uh, true or false, what do you think about this? If we had to live in communications without video, we could, but we really couldn't live without good photography. <laughs> I love video. I love video, but I think you're right. I think you're right. Like pictures say a thousand words. And I think about all the places where pictures go that video can't. Yeah. You know, websites, social media, print materials, promotionals, screens. T-shirts. T-shirts. I'm just like, well, I don't know if you put a photo on a t-shirt. Listen, when it's it's (laughs) Uncle Kevin's birthday. I put yes. a photo of Uncle Kevin wearing <laughs> a pinata on his head. Go to the mall and get it on a mug. Yeah. <laughs> get it on your shirt. Or when you go <laughs> to Florida, you got to get one of those like, you know. Florida man on. shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Florida man <laughs> shirt. <laughs> get your Uncle Jerry or whatever's photo on there. It says Florida man wrestles alligator. <laughs> t-shirt. See? You need uh, a photo on t-shirts. Oh, man. I need to make that shirt. That's funny. You do. Okay. Add that to your store. Yeah. Go to the store and get the ones we have. But if you want to see that shirt, I also mentioned another shirt in this episode with Rob. It's kind of funny. We mentioned that. Um, I used to go to the Facebook. I'll explain it in there, but I, I, there's a shirt in this that we mentioned that's specific to Rob. You find out what it is. If you like that shirt and you think that's a good idea, let me know. I'll make it and I'll sell it in the store. Pretty cheap. So you need to listen to the episode. This, Rob is a, a, a photography guru. I mean, the guy mm-hmm. is just, a next level photographer, especially when it comes to running teams. Mm-hmm. Has some systems in this episode that are just awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, He's one of those people that is able to take a technical skill set that exists outside of the church. That's great. He is really great at outside of the church and bring it into a ministry. Yes. And that's his, that's his mindset. It's like, mm-hmm. let's get people ministry minded about this technical field. Um, and there's just a ton of training that goes into what he does. And I think whether you're a big church or you're just starting off, we try to look at this, like, if you're just starting off, what do you need to do? Let's say you're in, you know, 500 person church or down uh, or fewer people. Um, what, what would you need to do? I think you can do some version of all of this. I mean, obviously you can expand all this to huge levels, but there's a way you can make all this work for you. And he does a course on photography, you're leading teams and it's cheap. So we'll put that in the show notes at sethmuse.com slash 112. 
And you can get all that if you want to go check that out. Um, everything we mentioned in this episode, but um, Rob is a good friend. He's, he's one of my older, uh, that's a weird way to say it. One of my older friends. He's not old. He's, he's, he's been a, a friend, for, friend, a long time friend in communications. Um, yeah. You know, when I joined the, like the, the big Facebook group, he was one of the early ones too, when it was about a thousand people. And I remember when Rob would come in and comment, which he still does a lot. And it's very helpful, but he's also very dry. And it's very entertaining to watch Rob interact with people because you know him and you know he's trying to help. And sometimes it just doesn't come off that way. It doesn't come and across he, the way he, knows he, it. he intends it. Yes, yeah, sarcasm and, and dry humor just does not work on a digital platform a lot he, of times. He knows it. And it's like, hey, I'm just trying to help. So take it or leave it. And I just, I love that. <laughs> so yep. if you interact with Rob Lauder in the communications groups, understand he really does want you to succeed, man. He really is good at this. So listen to what he has to say. And, um, and, and, and just really wants to help you get better, especially at this. He's, he's kind of a man of many, many talents. You know, he'll talk a little bit about that in this episode too. So let's just get to it. Let's hear what Rob had to say about communications teams of photogra photographer teams at churches and how we can re recruit and onboard them, train them, how we uh, edit, how we help them get good shots. And then how do we actually get the photos back and what should we be asking for? So uh, here's my conversation with Rob Lauder. Churches are starting to see the power of a visual platform like Instagram. The problem is most don't know where to start. I've created this complete one-on-one course with Church Marketing University to help your church jumpstart your Instagram account and start connecting with your community. We cover how to set it up, how to use all the features available in stories and beyond, and even give you starter schedules and content ideas. Get the course for free at sethmuse.com slash free instacourse and sign up for Church Marketing University now. Well, my guest today is Rob Lauder, spelled like laughter, but, uh, and there will be some, but Rob Lauder is the director of digital at Summit, the Summit Church in Durham, North Carolina. Uh, Rob's a musician, photographer, and active advisor in the community of church communicators. Uh, I like to say advisor because he is really fun to watch give advice. Loves good barbecue <laughs> and he loves having kids. So here's Rob Lauder, everybody. Hey, welcome What's back up? to the show, buddy. So, man. Have I been on your show before? You have. You've been on okay. once. Great. Yeah. You've been I forgot on what we talked about. Man, that must have been a, a remarkable show. <laughs> it was websites. We talked about websites and yeah. uh, you, you gave us a lot of great tips on that. So pro tip, yeah. check back through and get the other episode with Rob on it. I forget which one it is, but we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, we just uh, talk so often casually that I don't remember what's a podcast and what's not a podcast. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I have, I have, I'm fortunate to have a lot of friends like that that are willing to give their time here that also give time when we're not recording or benefiting from it. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's really great. I love this community. And speaking of that, you've, you've, you're, you are fun to watch in the church communications groups. It's, uh, so I'm told, uh, yeah. and I don't, I don't get it. Mind me. <laughs> Well, you're active and, you know, I, for a while I had a, um, I had a, I had a kind of a shtick going on where I'd come in to respond to somebody's question and you had already responded and I agreed with it. So I just started commenting. I agree with Rob Lauder <laughs> over right. and over and over everywhere. I found you. Sometimes I didn't even read it. I just wrote, I just wrote, I agree with Rob. <laughs> I, uh, I, I was just hanging out with Adam McLaughlin a couple weeks ago for his podcast. Yep. And he said the exact same thing. And I think what you guys are trying to say is Robbie spent too much time on Facebook. Go do some <laughs> real work at some point. Well, it's like you're spending a lot of time and they're helping a lot of people. And that's really, really great. And nice of you. But um, I actually thought about a shirt. Maybe I should do it. There, I had a shirt idea once that just had, I, I was going to like silhouette your face and underneath it say, I agree with Rob. Sure. Screenshot. <laughs> You want a silhouette? There it is. All right. That may happen. But you guys, let me know if a, you would buy outside that Outside of shirt. three people, nobody knows. Yeah. Outside of three people, nobody will get it. Man, uh, if you listen to this podcast and you're in that group and you would love that shirt to be made, you can email me, let me know, text me somehow, get a hold of me, let me know. <laughs> I want the I agree with Rob Lauder shirt. That's got to happen. All right. Well, uh, right now you are in the middle of doing some really, really big stuff and it's been really cool to watch. And the number one thing you're doing right now, you just got finished with is a, a new course on Indeed. church photography and building church teams. 
Yep, indeed. Uh, so, I mean, that's a big part of what I do here at Summit. Um, and I can give you the, the, the whole spiel and story about how um, I found myself in this place. But um, one of the things that I've always been passionate about since high, or since college was photography. Uh, yeah. Sports photographer in college, music photographer in college, mm-hmm. um, editor for our yearbook uh, in college. And um, that's cool. uh, outside of outside of my my work here at summit um yeah i just uh was like craving a tangible like with my hands thing to do yeah and so just a few years ago i jumped back into photography um and it became kind of a part of my work again so just like yeah. all these things it's like hey this started as a hobby now it's work and now i need to find another distraction um <laughs> and so i took up bluegrass mandolin um yeah. and now i play mandolin uh but i shoot um i've actually taken my like, photography work turned into a little creative agency for uh, musicians as well so that's another little tiny side hustle uh, but all of those things kind of coalesce into um a big part of what i do is director of digital is i create content and I help others uh, create content here in our church. Yeah. Um, and what better content than photo content that displays the story of what God's doing right. in your church in visual it's, imagery. It's the basis, man. It's the basis for so yeah. much of storytelling today in the digital space, especially like video is really hard to make and it's mm-hmm. great, but everybody's got to have photos. You can mm-hmm. do, I would say you can do without video, but you can't do without photos. You gotta I, I, I say we live in the most visual era in history. Um, you look at social media, you look at digital, you look at websites, you're like our eyes are glued to screens mm-hmm. all day long and we want to see stuff. <laughs> we want to yeah. see something on display and photos are a great way to do that. Yeah. Um, so so you just put well. together, you just put together a course. Tell us how to get a hold of that. I know it's new and it's fresh, but uh, yeah. by the time this comes out, you'll have gotten it dropped. Right. So Indeed. Tell us about how to so, get in touch with you there. So, yeah, we've been putting together a ton of uh, free content on churchphotographers.com, church photographers on Instagram, church photographers on Facebook, uh, Facebook group, Church Photographer Nation. Um, the podcast. But podcast, yeah, Church Photographers Podcast. I'm, yeah. uh, I'm creative in my naming. Uh, yeah, well, it's good branding. Here. It's good branding. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, we just launched the, uh, the flagship course in a library of courses that we have planned for 2020, uh, which is the How to Lead a Church Photography Team course. Awesome. Um, it's 54 lessons, walks through all the systems and processes that, um, that I in a, uh, put in place here at Summit um, mm-hmm. to grow a team from zero to 25 in three weeks. Uh, and then since then, we've, we now have 40 photographers on our team uh, across 10 campuses. Um, we've, uh, sent, we've trialed this content in, our, in my private uh, coaching group, our church photography leadership cohort. Mm-hmm. Um, 10 photographers went through that. And they've been crushing it. Now I'm just taking what they've learned. Some of them came in with a photography team already. Some of them started from scratch. Yeah. But um, just uh, the biggest thing that you need in order to run a photography team and have volunteers um, in place at your church for photography is systems. Yeah. Uh, because without systems, you're not going to get, get the people you need. Uh, if you do, you're not going to know what to do with them. And so the course uh, just runs through all the systems and processes, anything from recruiting to onboarding to training. Um, getting those photos, organizing those photos, making sure your staff actually use those photos, yeah. um, all of that step-by-step step with awesome. email scripts, um, templates, resources, the whole nine yards. Wow, that's so, insane. That's insane. Yeah, um, and, and I would say, you know, and I'm not just saying this because you're here and because we're friends, but I've seen the stuff that you're doing, and I would encourage you, my listeners, if you're thinking about a photography team or you have one that's just kind of in disarray, which is if we have one, most of them are like that. Um, this is a course to, to check out. Seriously, it's worth the money. Um, Thank you for that. So go, go check that out. Uh, what web, where can they find that, that course? Uh, Church, churchphotographers.com. Churchphotographers.com. Okay, got it. I'll have that in the show notes as well. You can go there. Um, uh, if you're driving down the road or working out, make sure you come back. Pull over and then do Pull it over right, and right down. and then come yeah. back. Yes, it is worth that. So uh, let's talk about some of the, just in brief, we're going to hit some of the little highlights that you kind of mentioned there about photography teams, because we want to provide some value here, obviously. But um, we talked about how important it is for a website, social media, all the different places that photography lands. And when I was leading a team, I found that that was important to communicate to photographers because a lot of times photographers are just looking for a great shot, not knowing where it's going to go and knowing where it's going to go definitely helps kind of go, Oh, well, here's the kind of shot I need. Right. And would you agree with that? Yep. 
Okay. That's so, one of the things that we do in our onboarding is we show all the different placements where your images could, could appear. Awesome. Um, so you can say, hey, if you're going to be in the hero section of our website, we've got text on the left, so leave some negative space over there. Yeah. Okay, cool. Social all media right. is going to be square, you know, all those other things. Let's jump into some of that. Let's talk about, before we even get into onboarding, um, what are some methods that you would advise for recruiting? How do you even find yeah. photographers? Like you're a church of 150 yeah. and there's, you know, like we don't have anybody, you know, what do you do? Yeah. So uh, I hear that objection all the time. I also used to help pastor a church of uh, about 20 adults mm-hmm. and we had three photographers. So we, uh, <laughs> wow. we took on 15% of our congregation as a photography team. Um, I was wow. one of them. We had two others, um, but uh, church is large or small. You have people in your congregation who are, um, are competent photographers. They might not mm-hmm. be pros, right? right. Um, and so that comes in the training piece that we're about to talk about. Um, they're competent photographers. They have their own gear. They might not high, have high-end gear, but they have gear. Yeah. Um, they know what to do with it. Maybe they just got their gear uh, to go out and take photos of the kids. Mm-hmm. But they are competent. They are interested in serving, and they, they enjoy the creative element of it. So there are people there. The, uh, the, the question is finding them. How are you going to find them and bring them into the team? Right. Um, two streams that you can uh, use to do that. One is the inbound stream. And so that is, uh, you know, finding ways to position your volunteer opportunity so that when somebody uh, is looking for a way to serve the church, that your photography team is there. And um, when it comes time for them to say, hey, I want to serve in this area, they can then contact you and you can yeah. uh, bring them into the team. Is so that kind of like websites, social media? Okay. So social media and websites kind of inbound. Yeah. Is that kind of like when you have a new members class that's yeah. there offering volunteer opportunity or a fair, some people do fairs, you know, ministry yeah. fair. Kind of thing. Yeah, connection cards, next steps areas, anything yeah. like that. Basically, just brainstorm a list of all those areas in your church and then find out who's responsible for each one and then just go beg for placement. <laughs> yeah. If it's a printed piece, it might, you might have to burn through all 50,000 of those before you actually get your opportunity there. Mm-hmm. But if it's a digital piece, I'm going to just ask whoever's responsible and um, get your opportunity in front of those people so that when yeah. they're looking for those opportunities, they see, oh, hey, photography, uh, that's, that's for me. I, I'm interested in that. Um, One unlikely place that we've found um, inbound stream uh, is our events page because I put, uh, we we host an onboarding and training session every two months. I put that on our calendar as photography team training and a photography team workshop. So anybody can see it. Yeah. So anybody can see it. And then that is a link that you have to be on the photography team, but to join, click here. Um, I think that's probably the primary driver of inbound, um, Interest forms uh, is, really? is those events. So yeah. uh, well, it makes sense because that's probably that's probably a high traffic page for your website yep. too for people that are already plugged into your church, especially. So oh yeah, yeah, you know, far more than the serve page or anything like that. Yeah, so get it getting on that page is probably more beneficial, like you said. Anyway, yep. just to have that there. Well, um, you said there was another that's inbound. What's the other side? Yep. So the other side's the opposite of that outbound. Um, that's where outbound. you are going wow. out and actively. Uh, Bam, my Your names are on point um, today. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is where you're going out and, you, and you're just trying to hustle up volunteers. Um, yeah. So it, particularly if you're a young team or you have no team, uh, if you just sit back and wait, uh, it's not the field of dreams. If you build it, they're not going to come. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You need to go out and seed that initial first part of your team. And yeah. so this is anything from um, asking staff for referrals. So uh, particularly like uh, for our church, for a multi-site church, I can ask our campus staff, hey, is there anybody at your church who might be interested in the photography team? If yeah. you leave it at that, they're not going to be able to think of anybody, so help them process. You know, Is there anybody that you've noticed on social media who puts out really good photos or that you know has a camera yeah. or maybe has a, is a wedding photographer or an event photographer? Um, ask them for referrals. And then um, all of these, whether it's inbound or outbound, I'm always pointing them straight to a interest form. Because if you're going to email me or text me or send me something, you know, have a hallway conversation, I will forget. Yeah, um, I so I, I insist that everything goes through that interest form. Um, that helps me vet volunteers as well. I ask some basic questions like, right. um, what gear do you have? Let me see your profile uh, your portfolio. Um, mm-hmm. So that way I can assess whether a person is a good fit cool. or not as well. So when you're doing the outbound kind of looking for a people, uh, where does where does like hiring a professional to come in from time to time fit in there? Cause obviously it may take some time to get that volunteer team up and running and ready and people ready to actually go. Um, you know, but you might need photos now. So, um, what's kind of a, 
price range you're looking at? I mean, I know that varies for different people, but to, uh, you know, how, how can we leverage budget there? Is there a need for that? Should we do that? Yeah. So um, you mentioned our podcast, the Church Photographers Podcast. If you go and listen to episode, I'm trying to figure out which one it is, episode seven, mm-hmm. it's when and how to hire a pro photographer. Um, so we'll go into a lot more detail in that. Uh, but high level, um, hire a pro when, um, when you either don't have the talent in order to cover an event with the uh, quality that you'd be looking for. So if it's like a big event like Christmas, and you have a fledgling beginner photography team, mm-hmm. that might be a good time to hire a pro. Um, also, just to seed um, a, a, an image library. So if you don't have any images for your church yet, um, quit using stock. Get off of Unsplash, um, yeah. and then just you know, find, a, find a pro photographer to come in for one weekend. You'll get 60 or 70 good images out of a single session. That I mean, that's easily enough content for six months to a year. Yeah. Um, so there's really no excuse to be using that, you know, the, the photo of the, the one guy with the brief, briefcase, the tall, dark, handsome guy, uh, Ben White, good friend of ours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's on all the websites um, yeah. because he's in that one stock photo. Um, quit funny. using stock photos. Um, in terms of how to actually find and hire a pro, um, th- it's challenging because the, uh, the skill set in order to successfully cover an entire weekend at a church is so diverse. It's everything from concert photography, like in the worship set, to uh, kind of conference vibe as the 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 to event photography in in the um, in the lobby, to almost like you know, architectural photography outside. Right. So you've got to have like an, an eye for all of those things, and then lighting changes uh, within that too. And so if you've got yeah. the um, the natural light portrait photographer trying to cover it all. As soon as they step into the auditorium, they're toast. Um, yep. the, <laughs> I noticed you know, the that too. When I, man, when I started trying to help out, I was like, okay, indoors in the dark is probably the hardest, hardest thing to take photos of, even though, like yep. of the crowd and stuff. Right. Like, but taking photos of the stage is really easy because that's really well lit. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, I, I need to get better at this. You, you definitely have different levels of photographer that you have to pay yep. attention to. Yeah, but then even just like walking out of that door, you walk out of the auditorium and now you're in a, uh, you go from the stage lights, which are warm lights mm-hmm. uh, and very bright spotlights to lobby lighting, which is probably natural lighting. You got a lot of that blue light coming in from the windows. Yeah. If you don't know how to work your camera, you're going to miss some shots. Or you're going to uh, have to do a lot of work in post-production. Yeah. So exactly. finding a pro that can do that sort of scope of work is going to be more difficult. So you don't want to hire the, uh, the newborn photographer. Uh, right. You don't want to hire necessarily the uh, portrait photographer. Um, you're going to have your best bet with a photojournalist or a event photographer mm-hmm. um, because they're going to have that wide range of experience. Even a, like a wedding photographer might have a better shot because they're going to be um, you know, sh- shooting things outdoors and then the reception's indoors. So they're probably used yeah. to that already. And if they can shoot a wedding under that high pressure, they can probably do just about everything. Yeah. Um, that's what I think too. My, I was going to suggest that too. My, uh, my wife does weddings and she, she used to do a lot more than she does now, but that's kind of what I, when I've gone with her, I noticed that's how she, she's like outside then inside she's switching lenses. She's like, like, oh my gosh, you know so much about all this stuff that I, I'm like, I wouldn't even, I would have kept the same lens, you know, try to, you know, do things kind of the same way. I, I don't, I wouldn't have done any of that. So it's good to, it's, it's cool to see that because there's some, I think a wedding photographer is pretty versatile because right? yeah. there's so many different, you never know what you're going to get. Right. And the other component to that is you want to make sure that whoever um, is covering the service at least knows something about church. Um, so if you're going to just hire Joe Schmell off the street, uh, it's best to find somebody in your congregation, even, um, and people get a little weird about this. Like, I don't want to hire somebody in my congregation when I can bring them on as, as a volunteer. Uh, you got to remember though, that uh, the prospective volunteers in your congregation are doing this probably as professionals as it is. Mm-hmm. And the last thing they want to do is find the, the life giving like service in their church be tied to their profession. Yeah. Um, and so, some people are happy with it. Uh, some people find that draining and not life-giving. So just be careful yeah. about that. Um, cool. But the, if you do hire a pro, they need to know, you know either through you teaching them and showing them, like here's a, a shot list, um, mm-hmm. to um, if they are part of your congregation, they already know what to expect. Um, right. And you can just direct them, hey, I, I want photos of volunteers at our first-time guest area. 
I want photos of volunteers smiling at the doors. I want people interacting in the lobby. I want uh, both stage and uh, worshipers in the co- in the congregation during the worship set. Um, having all those specific things would would help them. Then just walk through their checklist. Cool. Make well, sure that they can cover all the content that you need for yeah, that weekend. We're we're getting into the training piece now. So let let's talk about that. Um, how we onboard, how we train. Um, I know in onboarding, you cover that a lot in your, in your course. So I'll leave that to that. But when you actually get people involved training, um, you you mentioned a shot list. What else do you do to get the kind of photos that you want? Because you do have different levels of photographer and some kind of get it, some don't. And you got to figure out how to get them all on the same page so that all your photos look similar. Right. So they're, because they're appearing in the same place. You got two different photographers, two photos side by side on the same website. And You know, if you got a different feel, it could be off, off putting, who knows, you know, it may not, but, um, you might be able to fix it in post, but, uh, what do you do for training for your teams to get them all on the same page? Yeah. So you mentioned onboarding and and kind of breezed over it, but I think onboarding is the answer to a lot of those problems. That's where, uh, so we host an onboarding session every other month. Um, why every other month, once a month felt too much and once a quarter felt too little. So (laughs) we settled on once every other month. Um, and so basically anybody who's submitted an interest form, their next step is onboarding. Um, we bring them in for 30 minutes. I go through our team guidelines and I teach them everything they need to know in order to be able to successfully take their first assignment. So they can walk out of there, go straight to an assignment and hopefully, um, execute that well. Um, that goes into things like uh, placement. So where are your images going to appear? Website, social media, print, et cetera. Um, that goes into style, uh, so both in terms of composition, but then in terms of post-processing or editing. Um, you know, you've got the grungy concert photographer over here. You've got the light and airy newborn photographer over here, and then you've got your style somewhere in here. And your job as a leader is to take those, you know, wide-ranging, diverse styles and bring it into some sort of acceptable uh, range right. to where this is around what we would expect the photo to look like. Um, so that goes, uh, that's covered heavily in the onboarding process and you just show examples. Here's examples of images that, that represent our style. Right. Um, I've seen your work and so maybe you need to back off that clarity slider or maybe you need to, you know, add some contrast to your image. Um, presets help here. And so we distribute presets to our team. Um, and they're not super like stylized Instagram filter kind of presets. They're just basic presets that accomplish 80% of what we would expect uh, represents the summit style. So, you, um, so you and that way, for, for instance, you, you have a preset that's like, if your photo appears dark, hit this one. If your photo appears too bright or too whatever, you have these different kinds of presets that they can hit that change everything in, in Lightroom. Understand? Yeah. 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 And actually, if you, if you want those presets that I give to our team, uh, they're on churchphotographers.com completely. Go on there, hit freebies and find that's uh, with a tutorial on okay. how to use them. They're under freebies on churchphotographers.com. Awesome. Indeed. Yep. Cool. Well, cool. You mi- so, yeah. Uh, so, onboarding so and got- training are kind of the same module for you. Um, the, so, I, I do distinguish them. So, there's the, on- okay. there's the training that you need to do in order to be qualified to shoot on the team. And then there's the ongoing training. Okay. Um, and that's, um, you know, once they are a part of t- the team and you've kind of assessed their skill level, you know broadly where your team is in terms of skill. Uh, you know where each individual kind of falls within the terms of skill. Then there's the, okay, how do we continue to help our team grow mm-hmm. um, through training, through equipping, through resourcing? Um, and uh, that can happen in a, a few different environments. That could happen in a one-on-one setting to mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, I know Bob Smith here on my team is struggling with shooting in, in the auditorium because the white balance is crazy. Um, I can invite him to shadow me. And I could say, hey, Bob, let's go shoot a, a, a service together. Um, I've noticed some things that I want to help you improve, and here's how you, you can improve that. But then there's also the large group setting too. And so um, there's some things that every single prefer, uh, regardless of skill level, will struggle with. Shooting in poor light is the number one thing mm-hmm. that they struggle with from a technical standpoint. Um, you don't need to, to put a survey out there like we did to find that out. You just look at the images. And it's like these are yeah. poorly lit. Um, so we, um, one of the first, uh, training sessions I hosted for our team was the how to shoot in crappy light session. Yeah. It, I took them to our auditorium. Dude, so I many churches them, are bad with that. So many. Yeah. Same took them to our auditorium. I gave them, here's, here's a 30 minute rundown on everything you need to know. 
now pull out your camera and I'm going to give you the light show. <laughs> I'm just back there messing with the sliders. I'm giving you a full green. I'm giving you, you know, super warm, super cool. Yeah. It's like figure it out. You know, take what you just learned and figure it out and put these things into practice. You know, start with white balance, start with exposure. Um, and that's going to be, uh, we've got two courses that we're going to work on in 2020, uh, DSLR fundamentals for church photographers. And then also a specific uh, course dealing only with lighting. Um, wow how to conquer those different situations. When you so, were doing that in your auditorium, how long did you let them kind of roam, roam around and just do that? Probably 30 minutes. Oh, okay. And we, uh, we, we paired them up because uh, we, we have a 90 minute block. So it was okay. you know, probably th- th- the first 30 minutes was instructional. Second 30 minutes was you do. And then the last 30 minutes was how to overcome that in post. So in your okay. post processing, how do you deal with like, all right, I blew that shot. How do I fix it? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, let's talk about editing a little bit. Um, you know, you, you mentioned you give out presets, but uh, what tips do you have when it comes to editing? What do you look for? Uh, what should you know, other churches be, you know, kind of honing in on as a priority when it comes to editing? Yeah. So your style as a leader will affect which approach you take to editing. Some uh, photography team leaders or even like de facto photo team leaders. So you're the church comms person yeah. and then you found yourself um, oh, wait, I need to lead and manage photographers, and I'm not a photographer, and I have no idea what I'm doing. Yep. Um, Raising my hand over here. Yep. Yep. That's <laughs> like so many people. I, I think uh, one in six photo team leaders have no photography experience whatsoever. Wow. So that's like, that, that might not seem like a lot, but that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, with regards to the uh, the workflow and the editing workflow, your your personality as a leader and your experience as a leader will affect which approach you take. Two approaches to editing. One is the leader that says, I want to have high control over my images and style. And so I'm going to give you an SD card. You're going to go shoot. I'm going to take that SD card and I'm going to edit everything myself. Um, that will give you high control over the final output. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also a ton of work, particularly if you have multiple campuses or multiple mm-hmm. services, um, that's going to break down real fast. Yeah. That's um, how I started. I started with like, you just don't edit them. You just send me the raw images and we'll take the ones we want. And we'll edit those. Yeah. Man, it takes forever mm-hmm. just to look at them, you know, just right. to look at them process oh, yeah. through the hundred or so they gave us, which I, I think right. was probably too many to ask for. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I totally feel that. I will. I want them to edit. Yeah. So that's, and that's the second approach. So it's like, I don't have time for that. I've got, you know, I'm, I'm director of digital. I've got email, website, app, social media, all that stuff on my plate. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to sit around editing photos all day. Um, I don't even want to edit my own photos, but I have to. <laughs> um, and so um, the, the other op- option then is to get your photographers to edit for uh, their own photos. Um, we've already kind of talked about the, the inherent challenge there and this difference in style um, from the contrasty, crunchy, con- you know, rock, rock and roll photographer to the light and airy newborn photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, as we already mentioned, having examples of your style helps that, uh, presets helps that. Um, but then also, like we talked about the, that ongoing training piece, if you notice that there's a, uh, a particular photographer who just can't get on board with style. Maybe they just like, they don't know how to work Lightroom in order to make, to replicate what they're looking at. Or they're just like, these are my images and I'm going to edit them the way that I want. Um, That's when you can kind of go into that one-on-one training again and say, Hey, let's talk about, let's talk about post-processing first. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, what's, what's the the barrier here? Um, Is it a technical issue? Is it a personality issue? Um, and once you do figure out what the barrier is, then you can help them address that. Um, if there's a photographer, just like, this is my work, this is my art. You just don't mess with me. I'm probably not going to use them as often yeah. as even, even some less experienced photographers who are willing to, you know, be team players. Mm-hmm. And, um, you need to re- like photographers need to remember that in this particular opportunity, they're serving the church. And we, as a church have a, a goal of telling the story of what God is doing in our church consistently yeah. through visual imagery. And so, you know, they, if, if they're not willing to serve the church in that way, probably not a good fit for your, for, for your photography team in the first place. Right. We do have one or two photographers who just have like completely crazy off the wall styles. I know it. And so I don't rely on them, but you mm-hmm. know, there might be an artistic piece that yeah. that would be perfect for a sermon series. You just don't expect your, yeah. Event, just don't expect your images to be all over Instagram when we're, uh, right. when we're you know, putting stuff out there. That's awesome. 
Uh, well, that's, that's really helpful. Um, so we've got them edited. We've got, you, you, can ha you can either edit them or you can have them edit them and give them tools to do it and kind of demonstrate how to do that. I, I find giving them examples. If you've got stuff in the past, you're like, like this, do it like this. Always good to show. Um, most creative people respond well to visual, to visual guidance, especially in this, mm. this scene. Um, so those are good. Those are good tips. Let's talk real quick about how to get the photos from your photographers. Um, aside from sometimes it just takes a long time to get them back. And we live in the world of Instagram. We're like, we need to Instagram about this event. Mm. Um, you ask for a few one or two that day and then the rest can come later. Um, and then actually how, what is your process of getting, like what tools do you use to get those photos? Cause they are big files and you know, how many of them do you ask for, et cetera, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So my, uh, my official policy is I want a 24 hour turnaround. Um, oh, okay. That that's flexible though. And it depends on this the, for all of them? the type of event. Uh, so that's, that's the baseline. Okay. Um, and so that's what I'm encouraging our photographers to hit. Um, but there's some instances when I need them sooner and there's some instances when they can wait a little longer. Um, it all goes into knowing where those images are going to be used. Mm -hmm. And so if I know uh, that a, you know, I just got some requests for our women's ministry. Hey, we just want some images from some of our women's events so that down the road we can use them to promote our events. Great. You don't need to have a 24 hour turnaround on that. Yeah. Um, you know, take your time, take you know, some, uh, a few days to edit, throw them in our library. And then once they're there, then our staff can access that and, you know, it's not a time sensitive issue. Um, for our Christmas services uh, a couple months ago, though, um, we had a, a super ambitious goal this year of provi uh, providing real time photo and video coverage across the four campuses that were hosting events mm. um, and four <laughs> services per campus. Um, so we had a, a total of 13 services. We had photographers at each one of them. We had a story that we wanted to tell during the day. And so I was super clear with our photographers, if you're going to participate and shoot this, this event, I'm going to have high asks of you. Um, and in that case, I asked them, you know, just like, give me a few selects. Give me like, what, here's, here's the shot list that I need for each service time. Mm -hmm. um, get these to me as quickly as possible. I don't care if you just, you know, dump a raw to your phone and send it to me in uh, an email. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Just get it to me as quickly as possible. Um, and then I was doing all the post-processing. Basically, we had our little war room set up at the back of our broadcast yeah. campus. And uh, we were just collecting content all through the day, editing it, photo, video, pumping it out through our social channels. Um, and it was, like, super successful. Um, yeah, that's awesome. So you know, it depends on which type of event you're talking about. Is it the I need this today or you know, for a, week, a regular weekend service? I don't need those in a hurry. Um, you know, unless you're the type of church that's like, hey, we want to post these photos from the weekend and this is central to our comp strategy, then you're going to need to set that expectation. With your yeah. Cause sometimes you'll um, have, so, you have like a nine o'clock service, you take photos there, you edit them and you want to put them in your Instagram stories and post at least once to your feed and Facebook or whatever for the, uh, during the 11 o'clock, mm -hmm. you know, so it's like okay. happening right then. And it's kind of yeah. like this, cause you might have identical. I know we did that a couple of times at a church I was at and, um, you know, we have kind of our little, our back room set up where either people could send me stuff or I could go take some photos and, and go back real quick, dump on my computer, edit real fast, mm -hmm. throw them out there, yeah. make stories. I had some Canva templates for stories set up. I just drop photos in, you know, that I could make yeah, really okay. fast and then post. And uh, it was, it was furious. It was fast and so yeah. furious. And it, cause there weren't many of us, but yeah. um, that's a good, that's a good tactic if you're trying to do real time. And that's always right. Yeah. There's a, um, there's like a couple tools, like number one, iPad. Uh, you can just dump a card straight to your iPad, get into the Lightroom on your iPad now, and then out, out you go. There's Lightroom on your phone. So you can get the SD card reader, pop it in there and away you go. Um, if you are interested in, yeah, if you're interested in a mobile workflow, um, hit up churchphotographers.com, go to our courses and then go to the church photographer summit. Uh, in there, there's a free lesson uh, that I host on mobile photography workflow. So okay. it's how I use iPad, iPhone um, to edit on the go um, awesome. with Lightroom Mobile, with all the accessories and whatnot. So awesome. That's great. There. Well, um, you said you have a library that you dump photos into for staff and other people can find it. What is the tool you use for that and who gets access to that? 
Yeah, so tell you where we started. We started with with Google Drive, and that was horrendous. Yeah, um, so, I did too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so th- there's a couple categories that you can look at. Um, number one is the physical media. So you have a hard drive, uh, or you're storing them all on your laptop. Uh, mm-hmm. If that's you, don't <laughs> just cut it out. That's harsh. Um, at least go to Dropbox or Google Drive. Um, because you're going to need a means of collecting images probably remotely unless you're taking the SD card and editing yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to need a way to distribute those images to your staff. So don't do local storage. Um, if you have to go the, the Google Drive or Dropbox route, um, some of the benefits here are is that pretty much everybody has it. Um, chances are your organization is using some sort of like G Suite where you have Google Drive available right. and it's baked into the cake. Um, Downsides are that just figuring out a system for folder structure and finding images, um, that was our biggest challenge. Is yeah. One, uh, permissions for your photographers to actually submit those images. And then mm-hmm. two, going back and finding images when you needed them and just clicking through 600 folders and trying to find the right thing. Right. Um, next step up from there, and this is where I think teams really start to see a significant like advantage is the online gallery. A smug mug is a popular option here. Yep. Um, and so, uh, you know, smug mug is really, uh, and, and its competitors are really built for working professional photographers to distribute their images to their clients. Um, so it's not designed for a church photography team, but there's a lot of features built in that, that you can use to, um, one, help your volunteers submit, and then two, help your staff find and access. Um, Smug Mug specifically lets you give a uh, a URL to each photographer to the like that's your album. Just go yeah. here. You don't even need to log in. Upload your photos, um, and then the team leader or someone on your staff or a key volunteer could go in and, and move those to where they need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also tag on Smug Mug, so I could say these are all the baptism photos. And so let me search for baptism, and I can get those. Yeah, that's um, nice. Yeah, there's still some administrative overhead there, so you got to take those images out of those upload folders and move them around. Um, but, right. uh, but, th- it but is this is where like asking, asking your photography volunteers to might have more of an administrative bent, mm-hmm. come in, spend some time, or if you have an admin assistant, somebody that can come in and really organize, keep mm-hmm. that organized. Because if you right. don't, it's going to be a mess no, really, no matter where you put it. Yep. Um, when, when we were doing it, we, we did the Google drive. We had a, a, a synced Google drive. Mm-hmm or Google photos with a network drive. Cool. So we could put our photos images on the network. And then we did the unlimited Google, cool. which is, you know, it's high res, but it's not full res. Cool. Right. Cool. So it's decent enough. I could grab one if I need it for social and other people cool. can find them. Yeah. Um, and then, but the only problem with Google photos is you can't just give people access to the photos. You have to eat, make a folder, give them access. So it's a little, it's, it's kind of clunky in that sense, but it was a workaround. Yeah. But then we discovered smug mug and we we're like, okay, we got to start using smug mug. Cause then we can uh, get permissions and do all the things you just said. It was a much nicer thing for us yeah. to just have photographers submit that way. Yeah. There is one tier above smug mug and this is actually what we use. Um, <laughs> and that's uh, the digital asset management uh, approach. Um, there's a bunch of digital asset managers out there. Basically it's like, you know, digital assets are all the, you know, could be photos, could be PDFs, could be whatever. Um, but then storing them in a centralized cloud database to where you can have metadata on them, you know, and you can kind of define those terms yourself. A lot more flexible, takes some extra work to set up. Um, the one that I would recommend for churches is called Fluoro. Um, Fluoro yeah. Photos, F-L-U-R-O. And Fluoro Photos is uh, designed specifically for church photography teams. It was built, I think, for Hillsong's photography team. Okay. Uh, and so they, they're using it with thousands of images, but it's also um, great for probably mid-sized churches. If you just have like two photographers, probably overkill. Um, but the advantage here is that all of our photographers get a login. They log into Fluoro and they can see all the events that are created, um, or they can create an event if they need to. So it's like, hey, weekend services, we create that event. Uh, or women's discipleship meeting, create that event. Yeah. Um, they upload their images, but then they can tag images based on any tags that, that you want. They can do it by campus. Um, and photographers are doing 100% of that work. Yeah. So it's again on the front end because I need to teach you what tags to use and how to organize these, these images. But then I'm completely cut out of the equation. I don't need to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, my only job is to go when they do things, which happens all the time, 
um, cleaning when they do up what? The sorry, sorry, would you say that again? When they do things wrong. So if they do okay. the wrong tag or tag the wrong campus, um, I, I have the admin access, so I got I to go back and do that. Um, or our social media manager helps a lot with that as well. Cool. Well, those are some great tips for, for submission. Um, I did remember one thing I wanted to ask you, um, kind of backing up a little bit, but um, we didn't talk about scheduling. How do you schedule photographers? Do you use planning center or do you use email or, or kind of a chart somewhere? I mean, how do you keep yep. people organized and know that they're scheduled to do things? Yep. So uh, again, a couple of approaches to this, there's the, you schedule them and you tell them where to be uh, mm -hmm. or the, you get to use and let themselves sign approach. Um, I take the latter approach. Um, our volunteers are volunteers. So I feel weird about like, Hey, y'all are working pros. Yeah. I don't know your schedule. And so I want to give you the opportunity to sign up for what you're interested in and what you want to take. Mm -hmm. um, downside there is that not all the photo assignments get taken. Yeah. Um, and so I need to have a plan for that. Um, I've looked into using our system. We use rock at, at our church. Once your scheduling, I find works really well for regular weekend things, but not so much for like, Hey, we have this random Tuesday night event uh, and we need to schedule volunteers. Yeah. Um, it's, it kind of breaks down there a little bit. Yeah. So uh, a That's lot of folks in our cohort do use um, planning center uh, with yeah. success. Um, I've opted for the Google sheet. So I just have okay. a Google spreadsheet. It's got um, the high priority stuff on top, regular weekend assignments after that, and then uh, on your own assignments, like small groups and stuff like that after that. Okay. Um, and you let them see that so they can sign up for it and just kind of let them know, Hey, new opportunities, go check these out. Yeah. Okay. Anyone can edit. I send a monthly email in that monthly email. I have a brief personal note um, to kind of connect with the team. Here's all the assignments that you need to know for this month. And then here's any housekeeping notes that I need to include as well. So you okay. process things like that. Um, plus I'm seeing them once every other month at our regular uh, workshops as well. And at those workshops, do people who have already been onboarded, do they go to them as well? Or is it just for new people? Yeah, so the first 30 minutes is onboarding, and then the rest of the team comes in, at, you know, so 6 o'clock onboarding, you get a 30-minute session, then everybody comes in at 6.30. Okay. They, the new photographers get to meet the team, they get you know, kind of welcomed in, find that they're part of something larger, and everybody gets training at that, that point. Awesome. That's great. And, and I guess training is different every time. It's like this week, let's talk about how to shoot this shot or how to get in this yeah. event and things like that. That's cool. Yeah. And it can be anything from technical skills to soft skills. Uh, you know, I, I regularly heard feedback, Hey, I want more images or more feedback on my, on my photos. Mm -hmm. um, and so let's do an image critique. And so I taught them how to critique images, you know, start oh, with something great. positive, you know, say, here's something I appreciate about this image. Here's a piece of constructive criticism that you can use to, to improve it next time. Yeah. Um, and it was, a, it was a good experience for everybody. So. Yeah, that's good. Cause they can't get better if they don't know if they, if they don't get feedback and right. you know, a lot of times they submit photos and we're like, thanks. And then they never know if they did well or their photo may show up and they might never remember they shot that photo and yep. it's, it's there and you know, they don't know what they did. Right. So they, uh, is it Craig Rochelle? Somebody, somebody probably like, he probably heard it somewhere like, uh, right. what gets re rewarded gets repeated. Is that Andy Stanley? That sounds like Andy Stanley. Doesn't matter. Yeah. But it's a good saying. What gets rewarded gets everybody. repeated. Yep. It's everybody now. That's it just gets the, passed around. The saying has been absorbed by the community. It yep. belongs to all of us now. Um, yeah. If um, if you uh, if you're uh, lead a team and you want to uh, get some ideas, we uh, podcast episode number nine, uh, fifteen photography team workshop ideas. Cool. And so we'll go into that. And we can yeah. Dude, I love, I love that you've created so much content for like all these questions, mm -hmm. because I remember a year ago when you were talking about this, I was in the middle of leading a team of photographers and I had no idea what I was doing. Still really don't. Mm -hmm. And I'd ask you like, okay, here's what we're doing. What do we do? Man, it was rough. Cool. And I wish I had all this to help me yeah. then. I could go listen to, uh, but I had to, I had to bug Rob personally to, to help me out. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're launching a course, but realistically, if you go and you just dig into our content, you'll probably get 90% of what we're offering in this course. It's not to say don't go buy the course, because then you're going to have to do a lot less work. But right. um, like, you know, just some, uh, I love to, to platform our podcast reviews. Mm -hmm. um, this one, this like really was like, this is why we do what we do. Um, yeah. So uh, where can I begin? I'm not a photographer, but part of my responsibility was to start a photography team. Like how many of us are there? Right. Yeah. Um, I kept putting it off because I had no idea where to start. Just uh, listening to the first three episodes has helped me take the first steps to actually starting and have been able to go from a team of zero to four. 
So that's in three podcast episodes. So awesome. go ahead have the podcast, listen to those <laughs> if you want to start a team. Yeah, um, that's yeah we, like uh, my, my philosophy is give as much away as I can. And then when it comes time to productize and great, like cool. hey, you've gotten enough out of uh, what we do to, to be able to start a team. Yeah. Um, we're asking God to let us help a thousand churches uh, launch photography teams in 2020. So that's if you're one of them, let us know that, that you've done that. That's you, incredible. Good story. Yeah, I would, I would love to hear that as well. Um, all right. So as we close up here, just what are some last ditch kind of words of wisdom, pitfalls to avoid starting a church comm team that you would say, if you don't do anything, do this and don't do this over here. What, what, did, what would you say to a newbie? Yeah. Um, honestly, like this is going to be self-ingratiating. Just go, go pick up our course. It's stupid cheap. Um, it is, and it will save you literally hundreds of hours of work um, mm. because I've done it all and I'm just giving it to you. Um, so you don't try to reinvent the wheel. Just go out there and pick up the how to lead a church photography team course. Um, get all of our resources, um, all of the scripts that we use, all of the processes and systems that we use. We walk into all the things we talked about today. We talk about in, in much more detail about an hour per system. Um, so that's training, recruiting, onboarding, uh, equipping. Um, yeah, don't, just don't try to reinvent the wheel. Uh, the second thing I, don't, I would say is uh, do, do it in community. Don't do it on your own. Um, if you try to do it on your own, like there's no sounding board for feedback, you're just going to get frustrated. Um, that's why we started the church photographer nation Facebook group. Mm-hmm. So check that out. Um, it's a, it's a newer, but growing and thriving group. Um, we, and it's designed for both photographers and photography team leaders. So we've got a weekly photo challenge in there to where we're giving you weekly prompts to grow as a photographer, as well as community for helping you uh, grow as a leader as well. Yeah, that's awesome. And I would endorse all of that as well. I was doing this on my own. Um, and man, it was super hard. I wish I'd had a community because you guys hadn't started yet. And like I said, I was just asking people like you, Jeremy Poland, like, what do I do? You know, love you. And, uh, so, uh, so anyway, this, this has been super great, super helpful. So I really appreciate your time, man. Thanks for giving it up and, yeah. uh, you know, being with me and, and being able to talk about this kind of stuff. So, yeah, well, that's it for our show today. I really appreciate you listening and you can get the show notes for everything we discussed today at sethmuse.com slash 112. sethmuse.com slash 112. We'll see you again soon. Later.